two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. Uh, hey, Josh, what's up? Oh, not much. You know, just uh, finishing up some research. Uh, what's going on with you? Oh, getting ready to get for my uh, vacation to St. Croix with my uh, lady wizard, and I'm, I'm pretty excited. Oh, yeah, wow, that sounds amazing. Uh, man, St. Croix is beautiful. Um, what are your plans while you're there? Well, we're uh, we're gonna spend some a lot of time just you know relaxing on the beach, but also do a bit of snorkeling, explore some like historic sites on the island. Uh, that sounds like a great plan. Um, oh, uh, have you packed everything that you need? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, sunscreen, swim trunks, a few uh, wizardy books for the plane ride. <laughs> um, you know, trying to keep it light because we got to do a lot of walking while we're down there. Mm, that's a smart idea. Uh, I'm sure you'll have a great time. Uh, what, what's your what's your lady wizard looking forward to the most? Uh, she's super into the coral reefs and then like the all the weird exotic fish. But then she's also super into the history stuff. So we're gonna go look at some uh, colonial fortifications, learn about like you know Saint Croix Island history past. Like yeah, it it sounds like you're both going to have an amazing time. Um, and enjoy your vacation. Welcome to the Two Wizards podcast. Where two friends, Mark and Josh, come together to discuss all things magical. I'm Mark the Produce Wizard, and I'm always horned up for mayhem. Uh, and I'm Josh, the scholar of ancient Greek drama. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a topic that's been on everyone's mind lately. Uh, artificial intelligence. That's right, Josh. Uh, but did you know that the concept of artificial intelligence has been around for centuries, long before the advent of modern technology? Yeah, uh, yes. In fact, there are many examples of AI-like beings in folklore and history, uh, such as the golems of Jewish mythology or the automatons of ancient Greece. Exactly. And today we're going to be discussing the evolution of AI from these early forms to cutting-edge technology we see today, and how the concept has been depicted in magic and mythology throughout history. Uh, so sit back, grab your wands and your laptops, and join us as we explore the rich history of artificial intelligence and its intersection with magic. This is the Two Wizards Podcast, where we dive into the intersection of technology and magic. And don't forget, we're always horned up for mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dude, I don't know if you got chills. I got chills reading that. Um, it was weird, yeah. <laughs> it was a little weird. Uh, well, hello, everybody. At, welcome to the actual opening to the Two Wizards podcast. <laughs> my name is Josh, and I'm a wizard. <laughs> and my name is Mark, and I'm a wizard. And Josh, what what was that deception, what sir? Was what was that, that mummer's farce? What was that? So, yes, we are going to be talking about artificial intelligence, AI. Um, and as we do, right, we kind of give a cold open and sort of riff and all that. Um this has been one of the most popular ones recently. I got onto chat GPT, made an account and said, Hey, uh, here's, uh, come up with an opening for this podcast called two wizards. And, uh, <laughs> with, with Mark, Mark is a produce wizard. Josh is studying ancient Greek theater. Go. <laughs> uh, and then it says, um, or, or yeah, yeah, here, here you go. Um, and then what it kicked out first was welcome to the wizard's den where two friends, Mark and Josh, come together to discuss all things magic. From ancient spells and incantations to modern-day wizardry, join us as we explore the magical, the mystical world of magic. 
In this episode, Mark and Josh will delve into the history of wizardry, uncovering secrets and stories passed down through generations. So grab your wand and let's begin the journey into the magical realm. This is the Wizard's Den. I am mad at how well that almost works. Right, and, right, and, and again, like, because there are some, and I'll, I'm sure I'll get into this detail. There are some where you like feed, you like feed it a bunch of data before, right? You're like, hey, here's all the lyrics to whatever, or here's all this. No, this that that was literally the first thing that I typed, and that's what it spit out. Um, and uh, so so like I kind of tweaked it a little bit. Um, now I said. Uh, uh, now make a cold open where Mark and Josh are talking about their mundane life and format it like a dialogue between the two of them. And so that's when it would be Mark and Josh handing off. Okay. And then I then I said, write a new opening with Mark being a produce wizard and Josh being a scholar of ancient Greek drama. Because like, what that, like a produce wizard? What? <laughs> and, um, and it kicked out, uh, Mark, welcome to the wizard's den where two friends, Mark and Josh, come together to discuss all things magic. I'm Mark, the produce wizard, and I specialize in using in using magic to grow the finest fruits and vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Josh, a scholar of ancient Greek drama. Together, we're going to explore how magic can be used in our everyday lives and how it has been used throughout history. Mark says, today I'm going to talk about the spell I use to make my tomatoes taste like the ones from Grandma's garden. <laughs> 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 uh josh says and i'll be discussing how ancient greek playwrights used magic and supernatural elements in their play mark it's going to be a great show so grab a tomato and let's begin the journey <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah so that was like knowing nothing like no episodes nothing recording just my like prompts uh and, and, and with a little more 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 tweaking um yeah i got to um i got to what our listeners just heard and what we right decided. On. So, uh, right so yeah, very, again, sort of uncanny Valley, very freaky. One thing that this did not know is our whole deal with our wizard's cups and what we're drinking. And part of me is tempted to type in maybe a prompt and see what it says. So maybe as I'm doing that, Mark, what are you drinking in your wizard's cup this time around? Um, tonight is super special. Cause I have two beers I've never had before. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, first, out of Eddie Lime Brewing, their cold IPA day in the sun. It's a picture of a gnome and a bulldog chilling in a hot spring. If you know the Buena Vista region, you know those St. Princeton hot oh, springs yeah. are up there. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's yeah, just, yeah. I don't know. It's an IPA. And then, oh, look, another IPA. This one is Float Away IPA from Big Thompson Brewery. And they say the perfect beer for fly fishing trips, mountain summits, work or yard work, doing your taxes, game night with friends, or sitting on the porch. So I guess either way, we're going to be good. And I literally bought it because I had a big fish on it, and I'm still horny for lake monsters. Oh, okay. No, no that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, how about you, buddy? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> okay, as this thing is, as ChatGPT is coming up with its, uh, its response here, what I'm actually drinking uh, is from uh, Immigrant Sun Brewing uh, out of Lakewood, Ohio. And this is their uh, Hungarian Pearl Kolsch. Um, so, I don't know. Nothing nothing really too specific or, or pertinent to what we're talking about. But, uh, hey, that's what we got here. Uh, okay, actually, he here we go. So, and in the time, in the time. Listeners, you, you probably heard me going clickety-clack, clickety-clack. Um, in, in the time that we did our actual What's in Our Wizard's Cups, uh, chat GPT spit something out. And so, Mark, I'm, I'm pasting this into... That same Word document, 
So let's okay. see what Jet, let's see what Jet, Chat uh, GPT can come up with there. Oh God, this is weird. This is weird. Okay, go for it. Sorry, go for it. Oh shit, I hit the page down. Just like, sorry, going up. Um, That's okay. going, going, going. Here we go. Uh, hey Josh, what's in your cup? Uh, hey Mark, it's my favorite Wizard's Brew, a special blend of Dragon's Breath, Moonlight, and Starlight. Wow, that sounds potent. What's it do? Uh, it gives me a boost of energy and helps me think more clearly. Plus, it's got a really smooth and smoky flavor. <laughs> I've got to try that. What about my cup? It looks like your usual go-to, a classic fire whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. Nothing beats a good fire whiskey, especially a long day of casting spells and casting a podcast. <laughs> ha! I agree. <laughs> and, and speaking of the podcast, are you ready for another episode of the Two Wizards podcast? You know it. I'm horned up for mayhem. <laughs> Me too. Let's get started and see what kind of magical adventures we get into today. <laughs> okay, so, so, so I know one. you're editing. I know you're editing this one. Um, listeners, Josh is yeah. editing this one. So this is going to be a special treat. But I I demand that future Josh puts in a fun sound effect for we talking us talking about our magical adventures we get into today damn it oh my god yeah it's oh mandate god. mandate we have an account um, on um epic sound and freesound.org so okay you sweet. crazy buddy yeah don't pay it's for no. nothing it's no um two things that immediately jump out to me one how did it know your love of fireball whiskey which this interpreted as fire whiskey how, how did it know mark did you tell How it did... Fireball? No, no. I said oh my this God. was the prompt. This was the prompt. Write a cold open where Mark and Josh talk about what they are drinking in their wizard's cups. That's all that I said. How did it know, Josh? I, I know. I know, man. Um, <laughs> Trouble. And then, although, although, although to be fair, um, I did prompt it through several of the previous iterations. I said, uh, okay, yeah, do this cold open again, uh, but use the catchphrase, horned up for mayhem. Okay. Um, and it knew to always give that to you. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yes. So listeners, we are in fact, we are in fact talking about um, artificial intelligence, AI, machine learning, some of that stuff. Um, this is also freaky. Like I, I, I came up with my own script before I started goofing around with this for a cold open. Um, and Mark, what did, what did AI, what did chat GPT Josh say were some examples of uh, AI from history and folklore. Uh, Golems was the big one that stood out to me. Yeah, yeah, Golems and automatons. automatons. So I'm thinking like what, Hephaestus's from, uh, from robots? Greek. And wouldn't you know it, Mark, what was in my script, what was in my notes that I prepared before? Again, man, it's it's weird. It is oh, weird. So you didn't, so you didn't tell it that no. you were going to talk about the Golem. Oh, shit. Oh, no, shit. I, I said, okay, so first was write a dialogue between Mark and Josh where Mark is prepping for a vacation to St. Croix with his lady mm -hmm. wizard. Uh, and I said, do not mention the Two Wizards podcast. So that was our truly cold open. And then I had um, write a new introduction like above, but include details about early forms of artificial intelligence as depicted in folklore and history. And that's all okay. I said. And that's all I said. And then it did. And it filled in the blanks there. So Holy shit. Yeah, man. See, because I was even goofy. like, man, I I was even like, man, you're just kind of hitting our beats, aren't I? Wow. Oh, wow. I okay. See, because I kind of thought it was more like cut and paste, like 
you, you no, were like, no, okay, no. we're going to talk about, you know, um, like what, what are some keywords you do? So it was like uh grease podcast, uh, fireball and go like, you know what Man, I mean? No, wow. no, no, no. Oh, wow. I'll, I'll, um, for, for our images and stuff, I'll, in addition to illustrations of some of the ones we are going to talk about, no, I'll, I'll take screenshots of what I input into chat GPT and what, it, what it spit out. So you can see, like, I, like, like I kind of tweak with it a little bit, but then it, but it ran. Uh, but before all that, I got too excited. Before all that, uh, here's on you, buddy. Oh yeah, shit. Cheers, good buddy. I forgot cheers, all about buddy. it. Wow, yeah, exactly. I was I was so absorbed. It was just like son of a bitch. Wow, cheers. Good. All right. <laughs> yeah, because because hey, the one thing that it can't do is actually drink this stuff, or at least not yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> we fleshy meat bags um, still need to imbibe our our thing. So so, how was your IPA? Um, it's fine. It's an IPA. It's a little bit drier mm. than I like. And kind of short, oh, okay. but it's not, it's not bad at all. Um, I think if I wasn't doing this, I'd be really into it. Like, honestly, I think if I was sitting out in a hot spring, I would love this a lot. But Ooh, gotcha. Being yeah. indoors in a semi-room, semi-warm room is, you know. Yeah, maybe yours? not quite. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. We, uh, uh, to be fair and, and full disclosure, yeah, I, I cracked one of these open uh, with dinner a couple nights ago. So I, I knew what I was getting into and what I'm getting into is quite nice. Um, so yeah. yeah, yeah. What? Oh, I know you said it, but what is it? Cause you threw like three things at me that don't make sense together. Okay. Yeah. So this was called their Hungarian pearl Kolsch. Our crisp and clear Kolsch pours golden in color and has this light multi sweetness with subtle fruit and hop character. You'll get a kick out of this beer that can appease any palate or occasion. It's summer in a glass. Maybe that's some wishful thinking for me cause it's still February and stupid cold here, but, um, and I won't be going to the tropics on any vacation anytime soon dang it <laughs> see when you first said it i thought you said um hungarian imperial kolsch and i was like oh how how the hell does one get an imperial like <laughs> that just seems like so counterintuitive and it, that's like unobtainium for like booze right. i don't yeah, yeah okay cool i feel a little bit better now it's like wow josh are you gonna be okay buddy an imperial kolsch what does that mean <laughs> But it doesn't, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, Hungarian pearl kolsch. Uh, sorry, hold on. I'm as this is. Gonna, I'm going to do this throughout the the episode. I'm going to like think of things and type it into Chat GPT, and then see what it kicks out. That's cool because I'm putting shit into Wambo based off of what. Oh the yeah. Okay. I, so tr- also, I'm trying to generate um, Jewish golems versus uh, Greek robots. Let's start off with that, Mark. Like what? Okay. There's also little Quincy boy. Oh, is that a special guest star? It could be a special guest star, but man, I, I got to tell you, Mark, like I kicked a real hornet's nest. I, I, I kicked an anthill. I kicked a pile of microchips uh, <laughs> doing this episode because boy, howdy. But you already kind of mentioned it, and this is going to be my kind of opening question. AI, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, computer generated stuff, it is like the cold, like the computer generated cold open said, it is on everybody's mind right now. It's everywhere. Chat GPT, all this like AI art stuff. I was getting into, yeah, the Wombo art. Um, yeah, like just about a year ago. About Yeah, about a year ago. We were really into that. Yeah. How, how much have you played around with some of this stuff? What are your initial thoughts? Do you think, do you think this is the future? Do you think this is the future like asterisk? We got to be careful. Are you looking forward to implanting and becoming like a cyber human podcast machine that has that has jet chat GPI 
GPT, I can't even say it. I'm so frazzled. What are your thoughts on this on this AI stuff? Okay, starting at the bottom, um, I think AI is a lot like uh, nuclear energy. It is mm. what is probably going to save humanity, and it is also probably what is going to kill humanity. Um, yeah. It all just depends on how we use it. Um, I think it also might be kind of that last step in like human consciousness because we're going to get to a point where we're not smart anymore. So we need to make mm. something smarter than us to be smarter than us so that we can, it's like a calculator. So AI is effectively just the, the invention of a calculator versus the abacus. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, the yeah. next step. It, it's the next, mm-hmm. you know, tool that we use, but it will probably overtake us maybe, or maybe it won't. I don't know. I don't know why AI always has to become self-aware and evil. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, and also, um, and you know, maybe we'll cut in parts of this. Maybe we'll tuck. The, we'll, we'll keep this away for like a, a rainy day. This is also a topic that we have somewhat discussed before, way back in that parallel dimension um, that I accidentally opened up to once, back on this other podcast that we kind of dipped our toes in called "Too Smart for the Room." But that was more like automation and like automated jobs. But but and that kind of comes. Well, sort of it's hand the same, in hand. I'm sorry, it's the same damn thing. It's the same thing, just different. Yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. that is a that is a lost uh, tome there, Josh. It ah, dang it. Sorry, buddy. No, I meant to okay. tell you. Sorry, I totally spaced. I've been doing other no, things. No, no, no. Sorry, dude. It's it, it probably is for the best because to hear us naively blathering on about whatever in 2016, um, <laughs> as opposed to where we are now. <laughs> they're fun. They're always fun. Like, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. They're always fun, but. Um, it used to be this whole like, oh, I have to, um, yeah, pay hundreds of dollars for this special software to uh, computer gen- generated illustrations or things, uh, or yeah, any sort of machine learning. You have to like feed just reams of data into it before it spits something in- intelligible out. But no, now it's just on our cell phones, in our pockets, and we can come up with album covers to the Two Wizards holiday special CD. Uh, <laughs> uh, we can we can come up with images for the sisterhood of the traveling Atlantis. We we can do that and <laughs> not think anything of it. Great callback. I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I again went down another sort of weird hornets hornets rabbit hole hornet hole, I guess, where I was like, what would what would the Muppets performing Greek tragedy look like? <laughs> and I got some great images out of that. Like, not telling Dali the plot of Iphigenia in Aulis, but it still comes up with, like, okay, no, like, that's Iphigenia, that's Achilles, that's Agamemnon, there's Clytemnest. Like, it, it just kind of slots the things in with Muppety-looking things. Um. <laughs> Stop me if you heard this one. Okay. Okay, so when you're, you're talking about the Muppets and tragedy, so, like, whatever you were plugging this into, well, um... Does it know what a Muppets are? Does it know what an Iphigenia... Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. does it have tangential knowledge of this? Like, you know what? I'm just going to stop. I'm just you know, I'm just going to stop. Well, because I bet you're going to get to it, and I can't cogently state my question. So you go ahead, buddy. I apologize. Keep going. No, yeah. no, no. No, it's okay. I, I might be able to. But, but it, it, all it is to say is that this stuff is here. It's increasingly more available and sure, some people are freaking out like, hey, I'm an artist trying to like make an honest, proper living through commission. And these AI image generators, they done took my job. You know, for a while, there's people saying like, oh, uh, yeah, as soon as we get like self-driving cars and that form of artificial intelligence, 
it'll, it'll make everything cheaper. But then all the like truck drivers are like, well, it's going to take our job. And, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I can tell you this story and I'll try to like, again, get a brief and then get into the actual proper episode. Uh, so yeah. my Mrs. Wizard works in IT. And so she has that technomancy. And she was um, at work one day. She was using this program called called PowerShell to kind of help make her make her job easier. Yeah. She wanted to, so so she wanted to like generate a certain type of report, and it could have it could have taken her all afternoon of like going to uh, internet forums and like copy and pasting code and doing all this stuff. She went into this very same Chat GPT, mm-hmm. typed in write a script for PowerShell that does X Y and Z. And it kicked hmm. one out and she kind of fiddled with it a little bit, adjusted. And yeah, in like 20 minutes, she had a brand new script doing exactly what she wanted to do that a computer wrote. A computer wrote some script for another computer to do. It's the geisha argument. Who knows what a man wants better than a man? Yeah, th- that is a very, <laughs> that's a very fair point. <laughs> which is also exactly appropriate because that too smart for the room episode uh was titled robot hand jobs and you better believe we talked about sex bots um and we're probably going to talk about sex bots here too uh but <laughs> before we get to that before we get to the, the kind of modern stuff let's let us do let us let's go back into folklore into history talk about yeah this idea of uh uh artificial intelligence man-made machines or things that are intelligent that are capable and i guess yeah a slight distinction between just like a regular machine like i don't know a pulley or an inclined plane or a wheel <laughs> the simple like, yeah, machines yes yeah the simple machines it's like okay yeah this is easier you know i can move these um giant uh marble blocks easier because i have because i have the stuff but this is something different this is some yeah these are things that Yes, they, they are programmed and they do certain things, but then they can also respond to changing circumstances. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, there is some sort of algorithmic function where, okay, I'm repeating this program, then the conditions changed, so now I do a different program. It's something like that. Um, and where are we going to start, Mark? As always, we're, we're starting with the Greeks. Starting with, with the, the Greeks. Greeks. We've already said this word a, a couple of times. Automaton automaton, automata, automatons, whatever, however you want to say it. Yep, that's a Greek word. Uh, <laughs> auto meaning self. And then maton comes from that same sort of word that gives us mathos, as in pathemathos, meaning like learning. So it's like something that is like self-learning, self-learning. or like self-knowing, self-knowing. Holy shit, I hate that. Ooh, I hate yeah, that. Right? I love it, but I hate that. Okay, cool. But I hate it. Historomythologically, mythohistorically speaking, um, yeah, there's all sorts of automatons, artificial intelligences in these Greek stories. Probably one of the most famous is Talos, this giant bronze guardian on the island of Crete who was uh, created by that, truly like that underdog of gods who does not give as much credit as he deserves, Hephaestus. And Talos, yeah, was he, he would patrol the island of Crete, which I haven't been there yet. It's on my short list. But three times a day, Talos would like patrol. He would do a perimeter walk around Crete. And like that's the program. And then where the algorithm comes in, if he saw any like pirate ships or if he saw any like, I don't know, sea monsters, he would chuck boulders at them. <laughs> neat. And it's, it's super neat. It's super neat. And this was 
going on forever and happily until what son of a bitch came along? Diogenes? Ooh, good good guess. But what Jason... is a man? I'm sorry, that's where I went. Yeah, no, what was okay. a man? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. But yes, Jason and the Argonauts. Okay. Got the Golden Fleece trying to make it back to Eolcus. Stumbled somewhat close to the island of Crete. Talos said in his like robot, in his like proto-robot voice, intruders must throw boulders. And so started chucking boulders at him. <laughs> <laughs> because this was after they got the Golden Fleece, uh, Medea was there with them uh, from, from Colchis. And she used her magic. She used some, some spells to, uh, yeah, kind of like immobilize Talos to put him, put him to sleep. Uh, and then Castor and Pollux, Castor and Polydaukes, the Dioscuroi, the children of Zeus, um, removed this one bronze nail from Talos's leg and all of his ichor, all of his like mystical, not quite blood, but kind of blood stuff uh, seeped out and he was no more. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So he is, he is the most famous one, but not the only one. And again, I really had to limit myself here. Um, this was one I kind of missed. Uh, I, I just read the Odyssey last semester teaching it. And, I, and this one just kind of f- flew me by. When Odysseus uh, arrives, uh, washes up on Scyria, uh, the island of the Phaeacians, mm-hmm. in, uh, book, in, in book seven, he uh, is escorted. He's kind of guided by Athena to the king's palace. And outside the Phaeacian palace... Again, book seven, lines 87, roughly, around those parts. Each side of the door were gold and silver watchdogs, deathless forever and unaging, which Hephaestus, with his wit and cunning, had fashioned as guardians for the great house. So there's like two, yeah, there's two like Boston Dynamic robot dogs, one out of gold, one out of silver. So why did he get that? Why is he so special? Why does he get Hephaestus's robot dogs? You know, that's a great question. Sorry, I'm. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm. I. I don't know the answer off the top of my head, but I'm sure some 19th century German philologist has a paper about it. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll just. I'll do some looking in my wizardy books for the travel or something. I don't know. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I'll hit uh, archive.com on that sweet uh, plain Wi-Fi. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. So yeah, so so we're already starting to see a trend here, right? These. Artificial intelligences, these automata, yeah, are like, they make great guardians because mm-hmm. they they don't need to sleep. They don't need to eat. You give them their programming and that's what they just run constantly. And just keep those in mind for when we talk about AI in the 21st century. <laughs> okay. Bushel of horrors that that entails. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Daedalus. Famous for creating the labyrinth and for crafting the like flying suit that he and his son Icarus tried to use. Uh, he's credited. He man, this motherfucker was making automatons everywhere. Like, he couldn't stop. He couldn't stop making them. <laughs> getting out of getting out of the mytho historical and getting somewhat closer to the maybe historical, but still maybe some myth. The lyric poet Pindar, who's famous for writing these things called Epinetians, where it's like, hey, so-and-so won a game at the Olympics. And so we're going to pay this guy Pindar to write a commemorative poem. In Pindar's seventh Olympian ode, 
He's talking about the island of Rhodes, where the Colossus of Rhodes is famous for. And also, yeah, I guess same thing in Rhodes. Like Rhodes was like Futurama, I guess. Like they, they were just <laughs> these robots walking everywhere. Um, the line goes, the animated figures stand adorning every public street and some uh, and seem to breathe in stone or move their marble feet. So apparently Rhodes was just, again, you couldn't walk five feet without stumbling across some sort of clockwork contraption thing. Hmm. Unfortunately, the archaeology hasn't quite borne that out, at least not yet, but we can, we can always hope. We can always hope. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> and then um, just to kind of round it out there, and then uh, after the classical, well, I guess, okay, so like still kind of in the classical, but now in the Hellenistic era, specifically around right the library and museum of alexandria all these scholars and learned people coming together in essentially like a proto university uh what you could i guess call artificial intelligence moving statue kind of things ketsibios mm-hmm. is a guy who apparently built a steamed powered clock and and i and i already said clockwork yeah a bunch of these are like rigged up with clocks too really yeah, well, you know, you kind of think about it like, right, some of the, like, cog wheels and gears and yeah. mechanisms and I mean, stuff. I mean, yeah, like, what is clockwork other than gears and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, th- this guy built a steam-powered clock that would whistle and had a little model owl, like a little kind of owl figurine that would kind of move around. And some people say this is, like, the first Holy cuckoo shit. clock. I was going to say it's yeah. a cuckoo clock, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so this guy built a cuckoo clock and I don't know, uh, yeah, uh, third... Third century BCE, something like that. What What's the Greek onomatopoeia that owls make? Oh, that's a good one. Um, that's uh, it's. I might have to do some looking for that. It it, it might be something. It might be something like. Or we can just know. get one with a frog that moves around, and it can yeah. every top there. Brr, kex coax coax. Someone just like smashes it with a hammer. Like this is the worst. Until I smash it with a hammer. Until there's like this weird Rick and Morty time bubble portal thing. I walk out with a sledgehammer, smash it, walk back into the portal, and it's lost to time forever. Yeah. Probably two of the more famous names um, in the Hellenistic era are uh, Hero of Alexandria, also known as Heron, uh, and uh, Philo of Byzantium, also two like very mechanically minded inventor types that, yeah, would make these little mechanisms, little little carts that would move on their own or, hmm. again, just like lots of clocks and like, and like sort of early almost steam engine type things you, you could imagine. So yeah, a whole bunch of that going on in the Greeks. But the Greeks weren't the only ones, of course. Taking this just off the Wikipedia page, so if you want to verify, go go on there. Uh, but ancient China, a curious account of automata is found in the Li Zi text, believed to have originated around 400 BCE. So around the same time, just a part of the world, there is a description of a much earlier encounter between King Mu of Zhu uh, which is like 1000 BCE, roughly. Okay. And a mechanical engineer known as Yan Shi. Uh, the latter proudly presented the king with a very realistic and detailed life-size human-shaped figure of his mechanical handiwork. And the description goes a little something like this. The king stared at the figure in astonishment. It walked with rapid strides, moving its head up and down so that anyone would have taken it for a live human being. 
The artificer touched its chin, and it began singing perfectly in tune. He touched its hand, and it began posturing, keeping perfect time. As the performance was drawing to an end, the robot winked its eye and made advances to the ladies in attendance. <laughs> Whereupon the king became incensed and would have had Yen Shin, uh, the inventor guy, Yan Chi, executed on the spot had not the latter, in mortal fear, instantly taken the robot to pieces to let him see what it really was. <laughs> So this guy, this like robot, was like making passes at all the gals, and then the it automatically like, no, 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 flips wait. into Bender. It's, it's yeah, it's automatically. Hey, baby, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, baby, how you doing? <laughs> Robo sexuality. Um, <laughs> I'll make my own mandate of heaven with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> um, and so, fear not, indeed, it turned out to be only a construction, apparently, of leather, wood, glue, and lacquer variously colored white black red and blue that's it okay okay so again there's an account from three thousand years ago take it with okay. as much or as little salt as as you need and then also right not perhaps not surprisingly during the renaissance of course the literal rebirth rediscovering all these texts from the Greeks and Romans. Yeah, all sorts of new inventors had their takes on. I, again, maybe it's debatable if we can call these artificial intelligence, but like it's laying the groundwork. Giovanni Fontana of Padua created a motorized camel with its own rider, twice oh, the size shit. of a human. Yeah, twice the size of a human. And Giovanni also made a moving sculpture of Mary Magdalene. Wow. So was the right so was the writer twice the size of a human or I, like I think and, and this is where goddamn Wikipedia uh yeah. better editing. I don't know. I, I don't know if like everything was like two times scale or it's just a the twenty four foot thing. tall camel with a twelve foot tall man astride. Yeah, mate. I mean, yeah. I would love to see that. Well, but you know, I'm uh every single Michelangelo, they're huge. Like Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's Everybody so, kind of like doing, you know, what, triple or, you know, double the size of humans. So, yeah, I don't. Well, and this was before miniaturization, like before you could yeah. get the little like Swiss pocket watch thing. So if you're going to have like gears and sprockets and chains, because that's all I know. <laughs> it yeah, should be bigger. Yeah. It, yeah. Should, it should be bigger. Duke Philip III of Burgundy created a massive set of automata uh, entitled The Extravagant Feast of the Pheasant. Uh, in 1954, that had, I don't know, like 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 dozens of figures. Uh, it had giants. It had little people. It had all these things. That was just this giant thing for a big party that he threw. Of course, our boy Leonardo da Vinci uh, came up <laughs> came up with all sorts of designs uh, for various things. Mm-hmm. He 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 has his own apparently the da Vinci robot, which is like an armored knight that would apparently move and do stuff. Okay. He also has a mechanized lion accredited to him. And he was also apparently the dumbest person on the Renaissance planet, if you believe Futurama's The Duh Vinci Code uh, episode. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, it's been a while, but you can go ahead and restamp that box in your bingo card for Mark and Josh reference Futurama. Ha, <laughs> <laughs>
join us in March for our first uh, or for our future I'm a Loose Robes episode. Oh yeah, yeah, that's been a long time coming. Around the same time, but again, different part of the world in uh, medieval and Renaissance Japan, there were these uh, karakuri clockwork puppets. That again, similar sort of thing. Lots of mechanisms and sort of sort of sort of programming. One could apparently uh, hit a target with a bow and arrow. Oh wow! A, another karakuri could dip a brush in ink and write some brush strokes. Um, and kind of, I guess, sort of like uh, Duke Philip the Third's um, entire like massive creation. Yeah, there'd be like entire theatrical productions. With these, yeah, like mechanized puppets. So I, oh, I guess wow. sort of like, so I guess kind of think like it's a small world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those those animatronic things. We're going to jump ahead a little bit here. Actually, quite quite a lot of bit. But also in Japan, um, the, the year of 1920, Makoto Nishimura created the first Japanese robot, uh, Gakutensoku. Um whose name means learning from the laws of nature. And yeah, and this was another, again, another like beautiful thing. So thank you, Nishimura-san, for eventually paving the way for things like Astro Boy, for things like Gundam, for things like Metal Gear, uh, Robotech, like any sort of big mech thing that happens in Japan. Mm -hmm. I I think you could could tie back to Nishimura-san. Okay, okay. And then... I mean, we already kind of talked about it, but right, like getting into the modern, modern that is like 19th and 20th century uh, and the contemporary age. Yeah, like like you're constantly walking into robots or AIs or smart devices of some form of another. Uh, and, and and yeah, it's just it just blows my mind. It just blows my mind. Like mm-hmm. just how just how commonplace, just how commonplace it is. And I already mentioned, right, like we, we carry these computing devices in our pockets that can talk to other computers that will run artificial intelligence stuff. All of the smart devices, man, would you ever... So just recently, you got a new washing machine and dryer, right? Would you yeah. ever get a smart, like, Wi-Fi enabled one? Would, would you ever do smart appliances? Or is no, that a it's step asinine. too far? I, no. Okay. The, okay, good. Okay. Okay, no. By and large, they're asinine. Um, I think I told you I just bought... Well, I think I might have, like, spoiled this for the world a couple dozen times. I bought a new pellet grill. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a pellet grill smoker combination. And the one I bought is not AI or is not Wi-Fi enabled. It can't connect to my phone. But all the goddamn Traegers that were, all you could do is, like, see what the temperature was. Like, <laughs> and hey, I can do that by standing up and looking at the goddamn thermostat on the box. Like... Yeah, I'm all for like the modernization making it easier, but at the same time, mm -hmm. like I don't need the fridge to take a picture from the inside to let me know that I don't have milk. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, and it's funny and appropriate that you mentioned just recently buying this, yeah, like kind of pellet smoker grill thing. Literally earlier this week, just just a couple days ago, uh, Mrs. Wizard and I were kind of winding down, watching some TV, and she hands me her phone. There's a story about a guy who couldn't make dinner. Because his quote-unquote smart grill, his smart barbecue, it needed a firmware update. Oh my god. And so he's like, okay, I guess I can't make hamburgers now. <laughs> so let's play a game real quick. So, okay, like, yeah. grilling, we, we have discussed. Listeners, uh, <laughs> food part two. 
uh, electric summertime boogaloo. I don't remember what we called it. We talked about yeah. grilling, and we talked about yeah. how it's like the most primal form of cooking you can accomplish. Yeah. So let's say the grid fails tomorrow, right? Just mm-hmm. it's all done. But hey, goddammit, it, you listen to King of the Hill, so you got a propane grill, and mm-hmm. you can grill on that sweet lady propane. Well, goddammit, it, if your propane grill's igniter doesn't know how to start, like <laughs> I. That, I think, is where we're going to kill ourselves with AI. Mm -hmm. When we get to the point where it's like, it's the idea of self-driving cars are great, but what Mm -hmm. happens when a human driving a car runs a red light and the self-driving car doesn't correct for it? Like, there's still a certain amount that only a human can still do. And I think that's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. A a human doesn't need to update their firmware to cook a goddamn steak. Like, Yeah, right, right. Or or even, um, and again, like, I, I... I sort of peeked down this corner, but knew it would have been an entire thing. Like just all the ways that the sort of sensors on something like a Tesla can misread. Like, wasn't it just, again, just a couple of weeks ago, like a Tesla, like just locked up the brakes on a, on a highway and like caused a, caused a pile up. That statement made this episode evergreen heads up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You will have no idea when this episode came out. <laughs> I go to St. Croix three times a year. Figure it yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Truly. But, 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 but yeah, so, so all that stuff too. Right. And even the whole, like all of the smart devices, like uh, I was reading some things recently that Alexa, for instance, pretty much like people were realizing like, wait, I don't, maybe I don't want a device that's listening to everything that's said in my house yeah. Just so it's just so it's easier for me to like ask it for a pancake recipe. Maybe I don't want that in my house anymore. Y- yeah, and just so I I think it is. I think it is. It's one of those things. Like with any sort of new technology, never be a first adopter. Yeah. Cuz cuz like those are the people that are like, "Ah, I I thought I enjoyed my or I I yeah, I I thought I would like my new smart uh Roomba lawnmower bot." But now that I'm only down to four toes, maybe I should have waited until version 2.0. <laughs> Again, just like, just like, you know, let them work out the kinks a little bit. And then, and then if you want to go crazy, but also, yeah, like, like the smart coffee makers, I've heard, I've seen all sorts of stories too, with like people who just have the worst caffeine hangovers and start to their day because their smart Keurig uh, was being idiotic and couldn't connect to the Wi-Fi to make a goddamn cup of coffee. <laughs> I still, uh, all right, I have, I can't not work on um a 24-hour clock. I don't know if that makes sense. I can't do, mm-hmm. you know, 12 yeah, to 12. Like the usual it routine. needs to be yeah. 0 to 24. Gotcha. Um, I bought a super fancy coffee pot with a grinder in it and shit when I was at City Market with my sweet-ass assistant produce wizard bucks. Mm-hmm. And one of the big features was, you know, oh, yeah, the grinder's automatic. It'll just do it for you. And I was like, yeah, hey, yeah, that'll wake me up in the morning. It'll be great. Hey, one day I'll learn that 4.30 p.m. is not 4.30 a.m. So, like, number one, I'd wake up at 4.30. No coffee is made. I'm already pissed off. And then Ooh, I got to yeah. do all my deal. But mm-hmm. then I get home and I'm, like, napping on the couch and I'm like, you mother fucker i turned you off and it goes i know you did but i've got the function where i turned myself back on because you See, want coffee and isn't that I, like the time oh man you just want to choke it like well yeah and like, thank isn't you that like... for trying coffee pot but <laughs> what kind of coffee pot doesn't have a fucking 24 hour clock on it like man <laughs> well and isn't that also like the timeless story of of all of these of all of these like oh i'm gonna 
have this device. I'm going to create this thing and it's going to make my life so much easier. I won't have to worry about grinding my coffee. I'll just do it automatically. But then some little oversight, some little like, oh, I didn't c consider this. Uh, and then, yeah, now all of these brooms keep overfilling the cistern. What the shit, Mickey Mouse, <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also not to mention, not to mention, and I alluded to this before, Mark, remember what, like six years ago, something like that, when like in, in the sort of like quaint days of, oh, look at this, like kind of cool video on YouTube. Um, apparently there's this company called, uh, I don't know, like Bo Boston something, Boston Die Dynamos, Ugh. Boston Dynamo. Look at this robot, like walking <laughs> through, uh, an office. Isn't that kind of cute? And now, yes, six years afterwards, they're like twerking and um, emptying full clips of uh, assault weapons. Um. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're going to kill us. Yeah. 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 They're going to kill us all. You, you know, and that's the problem, too. So mm -hmm. we talk about how dangerous AI is. And as soon as it gets into the nukes, it's going to decide that man isn't worthy for life. Yeah. Cool. Why are you teaching robot dogs how to fucking pick out targets and shoot them and then do backflips because they shot the person? What's your fucking problem? You're the, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Make mm -hmm. the robot dogs cute and fun and they can run you your goddamn Domino's order. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to turn to yeah. violence. Hey, they can backflip over people in the crowded ass aisles in a grocery store. I don't know. Like, do anything else. Like... Yeah, Why we got to be evil? Why do we have to just immediately yeah. turn to evil all the time with technology? Yeah, well, and um, but 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 even that's it. So I think you're also pointing at like a couple of things. Like when when you're talking about before with a coffee maker, that's just like oh, just like ah, like to err is human. Um, this this whole idea of like, well, no, like I thought I took care of this thing. I thought I unplugged it or told it not to. <clears throat> grind the coffee or set it at a tower. And then yes. And now this thing where it's like truly malicious. Um, yeah. Weaponizing things. And, and, and then I, I guess to be fair before I get, before we get sued for uh, uh, slander or something, it's not Boston dynamics that has the like weapons. Uh, the vision 60 robot, which is equipped with a special purpose unmanned rifle complete with 6.5 millimeter rounds uh, that's from Ghost Robotics out of Philadelphia. That's not Boston mm. Dynamics. So once again, Philadelphia is Philly. the evil state. It hmm. is. City but of, also, okay, also, I'm sorry, really quick, because the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, what, next week after this one drops? <laughs> Y'all are going to be goddamn right. glad to have them rubber bullet equipped robot <laughs> assault dogs. <laughs> How many street flights will not be torn down in the wake of victory and or bitter defeat? You know, like you know, maybe, maybe, um, maybe, yeah. And that just Black in time Mirror for episode. the Super Bowl conspiracy, yeah. the Super Bowl was planned because Philly <laughs> Dynamics needed to pimp their damn robot dogs. That's what it was, Josh. We're at the bottom of it now, baby. <laughs> yeah, we, no, we did it. We found it. Oh um, shit! There was also oh, man. There was also a viral clip. Uh, I think a month or two ago that that maybe I don't know maybe saw it maybe it's coming to your mind that that was neither Boston Dynamics nor was it Ghost Robotics that was just some dude with a knockoff robot dog so there's also that worry about too we we don't even need like an actual corporation we just need some some hick with a Raspberry Pi um, <laughs> 
to yeah strap a AR-15 on top of a robot dog. And so yeah, we have that going that possibility too. I cannot wait for the boring banality of school shootings that will become robot equipped AR-15 dogs. <laughs> Piloted by some dickhead on 4chan in fucking Nome, I mean, Alaska, shooting up a Texas uh, school in Florida. Like, true. Uh, you, you know, cause I, I, God, I, God, Josh, laws and technology and order. Yeah. And I am, mm-hmm. you're really, you're really, maybe I'm just getting drunk. I don't know, but I'm getting really freaked out. Like, the more you keep talking, the yeah, more uncomfortable buddy. I feel. Like, no, no, well, maybe this might be a bit of a, if, if ever there is going to be like, IRL Pokemon, maybe intelligent design, not, not, not intelligent design, maybe artificial <laughs> intelligence, which I guess would include intelligent design. Really? Yeah. I really, at this point, like, like, uh, yeah. With how awesome robot wars is. Hey, maybe that's it. Maybe everybody's right. And, and I guess this is sort of like the NRA argument here. Like the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. The only thing that stops a bad guy with a robot dog that has a machine gun on it is a good guy with a robot dog with a machine gun on, and and a grenade launcher. <laughs> Maybe like if just everybody's packing, like we'll be cool. I don't know. <laughs> you can take my robot machine gun dog with the rocket launcher when you pry it from my cold dead hands. <laughs> Said the robot Clint Eastwood. Said- or not Clint Eastwood, God damn it. Said the robot, Charlton Heston. Yeah, Charlton Heston, yeah, there we go. Um. <laughs> Clint Eastwood's still alive. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. by this point, it's 2050, and he's been president for 22 years, and yeah. it's mostly robot at this point, but you know. Right. Well, and even that, I mean, here's another, again, here's, there were so many of these corners that I just could barely sort of like peek, peek across. That's not even getting into things like deep fake technology, or like uh, voice manipulation stuff. I was super close, Mark. I was so close to like that cold open that Chat GPT rendered. Um, I yeah. found a different. I found a different website where it's like you feed it twenty to thirty seconds of a person talking, and then it turns into and then it's like text to speech, text to voice generator. And I was. For a split second, I was going to be like, oh, shit, yeah, we, I have tons of episodes of the Two Wizards podcast. I'll, like, upload my voice, and then I'll upload your voice, and then I'll just feed this AI-generated script through this AI-generated, like, voice-to-text voice, voice to text, or, or to text-to-voice uh, uh, website. But then I realized, like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have some computer uh, server with like my unique vocal patterns. I don't want that on the internet. I mean, who knows? It's probably already the case somewhere. Um, yeah. Because I'm on the job market and I don't want some weird like, oh my God, did you hear what Josh? Josh had some really interesting things to say about this, <laughs> this ethnic <laughs> minority. It's like, no, it wasn't me. It was a robot. My name is Josh and I like fire whiskey and hate Israel. <laughs> no! Like, you know, man, uh, uh, you, you did great for the first two rounds of interviews. We really love your, your teaching demonstration. Um, but boy, yeah, you have some really regressive takes on like, it's like, what are you talking about? I never said that. Um, 
<laughs> and it'd probably be something terrible too. Like it'd be like yeah. it would take the worst parts of like our, both of our cryptid cabinet episodes and like make you sound like some kind of like weird yeah. like proto fascist. But you're like the Mothman and Jackalope will do us yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, Josh, we can't have you doing this. Like I wasn't. This wasn't me. Uh, you said you like fire whiskey. It's you. We know you. Yeah, we we know you. We know you. Um, th- although so like yeah, Matt. So I I, I did. It, that was that sort of like. Victor Frankenstein, Johannes Faust, like that sort of almost bargain with the devil. But fortunately, I stopped. I stopped at the last minute. I realized like, no, this isn't this isn't what I want to do. Uh, I don't want to put this out there. Um, although the one thing that has been taking up almost like my last 48 hours. Um, Mark, have you heard of this Twitch stream called Nothing Forever? Uh, I, no, I don't think so. I, I'm i not sure how long it's been going. Um, but there is a channel on Twitch called Nothing Forever. And it is an AI, completely AI-generated sitcom. Oh, wow. It it comes up with dialogue. It's 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 animated. It's animated. And it's based off of Seinfeld. <laughs> so there's... I, a, was this was this just trending yesterday? Because I swear I yeah. just saw something about AI Seinfeld. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, so okay, uh, cool. it was on I Reddit. I think I saw it I honestly on was afraid to click on it because I was like, don't learn about this because I, I wonder if Josh will talk about it. And I didn't want to be like, oh, I know all about AI no, Seinfeld. It's, oh, no, it's it's so it's so good. It's so good. So, so yeah, it's... um. Instead of Jerry, the character's name is Larry. Instead of George, it's Fred. Um, instead of Elaine, it's Yvonne. And I forget what the Kramer character's name is. But like, this is so like, and so yeah, when I was like hammering away on my dissertation on Thursday, I just had this playing in the background. And it has like, again, the weird, like almost kind of bass riff. Boom, 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 boom. It, it will have a laugh track in there. Um, It'll do like a weird Fresh Prince of Bel-Air kind of percussion kind of thing every once in a while. And yeah, man, like, I kind of love it. I kind of love it. And so this is this is what the future is. Just like AI, like, never mind, like, deep faking e-girls or like AI girlfriend stuff. I just want to watch AI generated Seinfeld for the rest of my life. You know, uh, King of the Hill just got rebooted, and this is a point of contention with me, mm. and almost Johnny, but I kind of think he sides with me a little bit. I am so against it, but like, you know yeah. what? Fuck it. Let's just do King of the Hill bot. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Like, out there. yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, we could get, we could use this same kind of uh, uh, software package that does nothing forever, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, we, we could do a, a, a King of the Hill one. We could do a Cheers one. I think a Cheers would be kind of kind of fun. Uh, yeah. Maybe people who like Friends who liked watching that show. Maybe they want to do it. I don't know. Hey, the writing was so bad that I bet it was yeah, written by an it AI. It probably was. And I've watched all of Friends like three times, and I feel qualified to <laughs> yeah, say that. Exactly. Like, so, so yeah, man, we are in this weird. And again, just like look at how fast, especially recently, right? Look at how fast all this is coming along. That. Yeah, well, or or, or even uh, uh, Matt and Trey, when like they kind of were in this forced 
South Park hiatus uh, because of COVID world, they they were doing mm-hmm. like weird deep fake uh, kind of comedy stuff for a bit with a uh, sassy justice who looked like Donald Trump, but was a local news anchor out of Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, it, it is here. It is, it is here. And I guess we just got to lean into it, man. I don't know. I don't know. All right. So that's, so cool. that's, that's AI sort of in, in, brief in general and, and then yeah we'll come back and we'll we'll talk about a few specifics here in in, in a minute right. i i could use some help kind of stepping back uh i i'm getting into my second kolsch now and what is this ipa that you have next next up um yeah i got into it like halfway through the last half but mm. i didn't want to interrupt oh okay uh, the float away it's really really good it's got oh, okay. almost a like it's got an almost like green tea vibe oh, okay. in the flavor profile, and I am really into it. It's real light. Yeah, it's better than the cold IPA day in the sun out of Eddie Line. Mm, gotcha. So yeah, well, well out good. Of, this is out of Big Thompson. Yeah, it's, I gotcha. Yeah, good, 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 good. Um, good name for an evil project. <laughs> well, actually, you want to talk about kind of evil projects here, or projects that start off good, but then. Again, as with all of these stories, have have unintended consequences. Let's talk about now, yeah, probably one of the most famous examples of artificial intelligence, uh, of an automaton. And this is, of course, uh, the golem or the ghoulum or the golem, how, however you, you pronounce it. I think it's, I think in Hebrew, it's ghoulem. I think that's what it is. Okay. But let's talk about a ghoulem. And it's not just a Pokemon. Uh <laughs> It's not just the final evolution of the Geodude Graveler uh, line. Uh, but Mark, w- w- to your knowledge, what is what is a golem, a golem, whatever? Um, I'm going to say golem because I can't not say it that way. Yeah, um, yeah, it's So it's like um, it's a big statue made out of mud that a rabbi writes a phrase into and mm-hmm. gives it life. And then once the rabbi puts this like little scroll into the golem's mouth, mm-hmm. the golem will animate and essentially become like I don't want to say slave, but he's literally the slave to the will of the rabbi. Yeah. Um, there's a couple famous ones, and I oh, and I can't think of the name. I want to. It's not Golem of Prague. Yeah, it is. I don't think it is. Cause... Is it Golem of Prague? Mm-hmm. And it's like the actual story of like the golem that came to life and like kind of stopped a pogrom. Like... We, oh yeah, we are definitely we're definitely going to talk about that one. Um, any other kind of awesome. famous ones awesome. or well-known ones? Um, that's that, that... really Mary Shelley's. Fra- sorry, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is literally just like mm-hmm. the non-Jewish version of a golem. I think, like yeah. breathing life into a thing. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. That's about what I got. And then, of course, the uh, horrible treehouse of horror, <laughs> where they make a golem and then they make another one. And it's voiced by Fran Drescher. It's not that good. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, I think yeah. so. So yes, the uh, uh, Golem of Prague is probably the most famous one. You're right, and then yes, Mar- uh, uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, very much in the same kind of vein. But also, Golem aren't homunculi. It's correct. Like it's different type deal. Correct. Right? Or you're not going to talk about that at all, though. Right? No, Sorry. no, 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 no. Um, okay. Or, cool. or at least we'll have to save that for. AI part two, but, uh, but no, yes. so, so yeah, that, that, that's exactly it. Uh, so in Hebrew, gulem means essentially like a mass or a lump 
of this sort. And again, this idea of like something that's incomplete or unfinished. It, curiously enough, uh, I, I think this is pretty sweet. Uh, that's also the Hebrew word to kind of describe the metamorphic stage that we would call like a chrysalid or a cocoon or a pupa um, for, from, from like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly or something. Um, so, so I okay. that thought. But then also uh, it, it can be said of people too and it kind of connotes that you're kind of a lazy or a dumb or a helpless, kind of an uncultured kind of buffoon. So if somebody calls you a ghoulam, that's not a good thing. Um, not, not always oh, a good thing. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. In the Talmud, Adam is described as being a ghoulam. Oh, shit. Yeah, because he's God made up out of dust. Oh, he's shit. Made, he's made of mud, uh, clay. Whoa. Before. Yeah, and God breathed. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Cool. Exactly. Exactly. Sorry. I got horned up. Sorry. That's no, so cool. No, no, that's yeah. precisely. And so that's precisely it. And and, and and you called it. So it's a, it's not a homunculus. It's it's just a sculpture out of mud, out of clay, out of dust. Um, And then the rabbi, there's, there's like two popular ways of, um, and again, it's not necessarily bringing this thing to life. It's not really animating because anima means like breath, but this, or like activating. I think that's the word I keep using. There, there's two ways. One is, like you said, you um, either on a, on a piece of paper or a tablet, um, you write a Shem, which is any of the names of God. Uh, and then uh-huh. you, and, and you put that into the mouth or, or, in, or onto its forehead. Or you can just kind of yeah. inscribe a Hebrew word on the forehead. And, and, and often that, e- that Hebrew word is emet, which means truth. Okay. And so then, right. And so then the golem is activated and it'll go around it and, and it'll do exactly sort of, sort of kind of like a zombie, sort of like an automaton, sort of like Talos, I guess. Where, yeah, it'll, it'll do whatever the rabbi wants it to do um, and, until it is deactivated. And you deactivate it by, if you put a tablet or a piece of paper with a shem, you, you remove that. This is also cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you have an, an inscription, if you kind of carve something into it, um, if you scratch out that inscription, that also counts. Or even, okay. or even with uh, the word emet, if you remove the first letter and change it just to met, that means dead. So you turn something from truth to oh. dead, and then it will like crumble and like fall back into dust, fall back into mud, um, something like that. Damn. Yeah, it's it's sweet. It's super sweet. Um, if you're looking for some more detailed instructions, uh, may I suggest the 13th century book uh, *Sode Rezaia by Eleazar ben Judah? Full full on description there about how to activate your very own golem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there are some famous ones. And I know we talked about the Golem of Prague, but but we're going to talk about another one uh, that I, I maybe slightly predates it. Um, one of the oldest stories that we have recorded is the uh, Golem of uh, Helm, which was created by Rabbi Elijah Bar Aaron Judal Baal Shem in the city of Helm, which is uh, southeast Poland. And this is written down. We have some written accounts of this. So sometime like mid-1600s, Somewhere between 1630 and 1650, the story, as recorded by a Polish uh, Kabbalist, goes a little something like, And I have heard, in a certain and explicit way, from several respectable persons, that one man living close to our time, whose name is Rabbi Eliyahu, Elijah, 
uh, the master of the name, who made a creature out of matter and form, and it performed hard work for him for a long period, and the name of Emet was hanging upon his neck until he finally removed it for a certain reason, the name from his neck, and it turned to dust. So this one had like a little kind of necklace dog tag kind of thing. Yeah. This thing would do the hard manual labor. Again, kind of like with Talos and with the gold and silver dogs. This thing was untiring. It would chop wood for you. It would sweep, you know, whatever. And then when you were finished with it, boop, it's done. Damn. This same uh, Golm of Helm, uh, this story was corroborated by a Christian author, one Christoph Arnold, in 1674. So a couple decades later, but he also apparently... Um, told the this this story again, and then about uh, yeah, about a hundred years later, we're looking at like 1748. Uh, Rabbi Jacob Emden elaborated on the story of the of the uh, Gulam of Helm a little bit, and uh, Rabbi Jacob Emden wrote, "As an aside, I'll mention here what I heard from my father's holy mouth regarding the Gulam created by his ancestor, the Gaon." Uh, which is apparently a rabbinical doctor of law, Rabbi Eliyahu Baal Shem of blessed memory. When the Gaon saw that, saw that the golem was growing larger and larger, he feared that the golem would destroy the universe. He then removed the holy name that was embedded on his forehead, thus causing him to disintegrate and return to dust. Nonetheless, while he was engaged in, in extracting the holy name from him, the golem injured him, scarring him on the face. Which, that's pretty badass. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Like, and, and again, you can already see. You, you, you can see kind of like the echoes that would come up in something like a Frankenstein. The echoes that come up in The Sorcerer's of, of Apprentice starring Mickey Mouse. <laughs> it is. It's like, oh, here, here's this thing that I created to do these tasks for me. But it's either getting out of control. In this version, of, apparently it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, like the sort of law of unintended consequences comes comes around. And so you have to try to destroy this thing. Uh, and then, yes, the the very famous one, like you mentioned. And kudos to you, sir, for, for knowing this off the top of your head. Uh, yes, the, uh, the Gulam of Prague. The Gulam of Prague. Uh, Prague, of course, capital of modern day Czech Republic. But little earlier was the historical tap capital of Bohemia. And in the 16th century, so yeah, like late 1500s, getting into the 7th century, uh, 1600s, the Jewish population of Prague was roughly like 30% of the city, um, about like 15,000 out of 50,000. Oh, wow. Okay. So like a large minority, uh, but still very much like oppressed uh, targets of pogroms and were ghettoized and, and things like that so rap oh god man okay netflix series netflix miniseries that that we need here uh rabbi judah Lowe ben bezalel um circa he, he lived roughly uh 1512 to 1609 known as the maharal nephew of uh jacob ben uh Chaim, I'm sorry, our Jewish listeners, try my best here. Uh, but the nephew... We're trying, guys. We are trying. Um, nephew of the Reichsrabbina of the Holy Roman Empire. The like, yeah, the like empire rabbi of the Holy Roman 
empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the like wow, the okay, the dude. Shit, so connected. So yeah, Lo was his sort of like translated name, uh, which means the lion. So he was also called the lion cub of Prague. Uh, this guy was badass. Oh, wow. This guy was badass. So he decided to to do something to protect his people in, in the Jewish quarter, and that was to make a gulam. So so he so he made one. The Maharal made a gulam, which which patrolled and protected the ghetto. And again, right, like just like Talos on the island of Crete, and uh, the Maharal was was always mindful Friday evening to remove the golem's shem that 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 paper uh, to activate it. Mm. Every Friday evening. Oh, oh shit! Okay, sorry. Keep going. Sorry, sorry. So yeah, that okay. so, so that it could. It made sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that it could rest on the Sabbath. Yeah. Like all good Jews. Oh my do. god. And so then this carried on for any number of time, and apparently the violence and uh, oppression against the Jewish population of Prague abated, uh, eased up a little bit, until one day. Well, there's a couple different versions of the story out there. Some say that the Maharal one Friday evening forgot to remove the Shem, okay. was either afraid that the golem would uh, violate the Sabbath, or the or the golem just went on a murderous rampage on its own. Some other accounts say that the golem fell in love, but was rebuked, and so went into a murderous rampage. <laughs> but whatever the case, Rabbi Lowe hurried... He he chased this thing down. He he tracked it down. Um, sort of wrestled with it in front of the synagogue, where it went. Fi- he was finally able to extract the shem from the golem's mouth, and it, yeah, sort of like fell and crumpled into pieces. But that's not the end of the story. The the okay. the remains of this golem were uh, carried up to the synagogue's attic on the off chance that it should be needed again, if if any more. Acts of violence were carried out against the Jews that they could reassemble the golem if needed. But otherwise, the Maharal, Rabbi Judah Lo, um, forbade anybody from going up to the attic. Because it, it was too powerful. It's too powerful. Sometime later, the good rabbi passed away and his successor, uh, Rabbi uh, Ezekiel Landau, he said, hey, I, I got to see if this thing is still here. I'm not saying we need it, but I just want to verify. So this guy like did everything that he could. He he fasted. He uh, bathed in a mikvah, which is this kind of holy purification bath sort of thing. Uh, wrapped himself in holy phylacteries and prayer, prayer shawls and was going up the steps to the attic in, in the synagogue to go make sure that the golden was still there. Mm-hmm. At the very top steps, before he opened the door, he he felt this extremely powerful fear and anxiety. Then he hurried back down and he said like, okay, yep, nope, we don't need to mess with that. Um, hmm. we, we don't need to. <laughs> so, so of course, of course, the Golem of Prague was up in the attic. Like, mm-hmm. and of course it was real. Yeah. Man, so, so there I... is... Yeah, so so there is uh, apparently the synagogue was was renovated, uh, in, I think like the eighteen thirties, and okay. I, I, and I don't know if they took all the same precautions. They went up to the attic, and they couldn't find anything. Some people say that maybe the dust scattered or it was secretly moved. We're not exactly sure, but of course, the golem of Prague is real because 
people in the Czech Republic, Jews and Gentiles alike, they love their golems. It's like a huge, I, I, I guess it's their e- equivalent of like a yokai or a cryptid. Really? Yeah, it's like a big, it's a big, big thing. And in fact, there's a strongman uh, competitor, uh, Rene Richter, and, and that's his sort of like nickname. His like stage name is the, the, the golem. Oh, shit. And this guy is his sort of claim to fame is having the strongest jaw in the world. Like he'll like bite, he'll like chew two by fours in half. He was on some version of whatever country's got talent. Probably the Czech Republic's got talent. And this guy was like stopping a power drill with his teeth. I am pulling him up on Instagram and he is horrifying. No, yeah, yeah he... If oh, he's ever... eating a cannon. Holy shit, he's biting a cannon in half, Josh. Wow. Yeah, yeah, this guy, this guy's unreal. Okay, I, I don't... Okay, I'm just going to screenshot and send because I don't think I can like, whatever. Here, here's this one. Oh my God, wow. Okay, let me, let me pull this. Yeah, no, yeah, this guy is... <laughs> the real the real deal um <laughs> holy shit sir <laughs> oh yep yeah he's holding yeah like a concrete block in his jaw while another dude smashes it with a sledgehammer <laughs> dude, that's awesome God. that's so freaking cool and right as we also kind of mentioned right like like the uh golem the golem is a big cultural icon yeah, for, for for Jews and Gentiles. In some of the early days of silent film, there were three separate movies. There is De Golem, which is a 1914 silent horror film. Uh, you can find it on archive.org. There, uh, there is Der Golem und die Tanzerin, which is a 1917 silent horror comedy film uh, translated to The Golem and the Dancing Girl. Okay. And then there is Der Golem, uh, Via in die Welt kam, uh, n- n- which was a 1920 silent horror film. And it's like, The Golem, How He Came Into the World. My German's really, really bad anyway. Yeah, meine, meine Deutsche ist schlecht. Uh, yeah. <laughs> something, know, something like that. Mucho schlecht. Mucho schlecht. Um, es da schlecht esu. <laughs> you also mentioned... The Treehouse of Horror, uh, 17, the sort of short titled, You Gotta Know When to Golem. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the design of that character from, from the Golem is directly based off of the 1914 De Golem with his like kind of bowl haircut and yeah. kind of like bronze clay. Yeah, that's exactly it. That, um, without being that hipster, that's like, I actually watched the Golem, the 1914 version. I, no, I was, I don't know if you remember back in college, I got really into like old horror and that was one of the ones I was really into because there are a couple super unsettling scenes in that one. Like, especially silent film hits differently anyway, but yeah, Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Oh yeah. And it is, and it's on, like, I think when I was doing my research, it was like, Amazon was like, oh, you, you can buy a copy of Der Golem for five ninety nine. It's like, bullshit. Or you can go to archive.org, which is free, and look up all sorts of, yeah, like silent horror classics like Der, Der Golem and Nosferatu and, uh, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Also, um, I don't know. This one's just kind of fun, I think. Um, 1997 episode of The X-Files called Kaddish featured Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
fucking A. Sorry. Yeah. yeah no, no, I, no, yeah. It's great. I don't mean so, to get so excited. I just, yeah, I, I member. Goddamn, I member, yeah. Josh. Yeah. And, and, right, and like countless video games, countless RPGs. Like we already talked about Pokemon. Yeah, because like the Japanese tend to be like, oh, whatever. This is like a thing with like a world religion. We're going to incorporate it into our JRPG um, so that you fight Satan like how many times in like different games across, you know. Yeah, man, wouldn't that be a badass Netflix limited series of like the Ghoulam of Prague? That'd be so freaking sweet, man. I'd be in. Yeah, that'd be really cool. That'd be, that'd be so good. And, and right, and, and then you could do the whole thing. You could do the whole like... Maybe the rabbi, the maharal, maybe he forgot to take out the Shem one night. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like the golem like falls in love. Maybe it's another lady golem. Could be voiced by Fran Drescher. Doesn't have to be. <laughs> it's a buddy comedy. It's a buddy cop comedy. <laughs> and, oh, man, fucking Sergeant Shlomo was real late getting out of the precinct. Forgot to take <laughs> the, uh, he forgot to scratch out that letter. And, uh. <laughs> Instead, he was just like, you know what? Fuck it, man. You know what? Sabbath is tomorrow. Come out with me. We're going to get horsed. And they do. And they just, you know, after a whole night of Manischewitz and like, of course, yeah. Sergeant Slomo's human. He can't hang, but the golem can. And there he sees the other lady golem. And oh, my love, my golem. Your forehead's written truth, love. <laughs> Like, yeah, and then he gets with her, and then he's like, but then he gets all horny, and he's not allowed to get horny because he's a pure mm-hmm. thing, and yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. There you go, man. There you go. <laughs> but so. really, but really, the flip is the lady golem at the bar was there for Sergeant uh, for Sergeant <laughs> Shlomo, so, like, it's a romantic misunderstanding. Like, mm, There we go, man, yeah. <laughs> and then the golem marries Sergeant Shlomo's girlfriend, who's actually Fran Drescher in per- <laughs> Josh, it's perfect. Fucking cut print Netflix on the phone cut now. Print. Netflix on the road. <laughs> Anybody of the Jewish personage, I'm very sorry. All that was so offensive. I'm sorry. I didn't mean no, it. No, it was, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was said in love and admiration. And I said it with love and admiration, and really the best. I, I love alliteration. The best one I could think of was Shlomo. Now Sergeant <laughs> Shmuley, um, um, I can do better. I'm sorry. Captain... Captain Abraham, like, yeah, we got this. I'm sorry. And now I'm just, no, yeah, now this is the worst. Now I'm just like listing out Jewish names. Fuck. Drink more beer, Mark. Stop talking. Future no, so, Josh. It, 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 Cut well, all this out. Okay. This is your burden. I can do you this. are my yes. golem, Josh. You are this. my editing golem. This. Make it sound good. Will do, buddy. Will do. No, but, uh, but also, we may have to like come back in another episode and do like specifically, yeah, like Jewish f- folklore and mythology. Because like, Man, you want to talk about like like the Dybbuk and all sorts of other cool stuff? Like, there's so much cool stuff. There's so much super and, and yeah, Dybbuk is like is like Jewish Pokemon effectively. Like, well, yeah, it's it, it's like a cross between like I don't know, like Romeo and Juliet plus like Dracula and no, it's it's sweet. It, it's super super cool. But uh, but 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 yes, we can we can move on to some other uh, kind of AI sort of inspired mythological things. And, well, and here's another one, Mark, where where maybe. Like you asked if if I wanted you to to prep anything uh, for for this week's episode, and I said like no, nah, no, nah, baby, we're good. But but feel free to jump in any time because I think this is also probably something that you're kind of maybe a little more familiar with. Um, okay, Mark. Ha- Mark, have you ever heard of the term an egregore? A what? An egregore. E g r e g o r e. An egregore. I- 
I know what the word is, but I don't. I don't think so. What is it? What are you going after? So, yeah. so, so this is this is an idea that it's uh, it's. I, I again, I don't even know if I have my mind fully wrapped around it. But it's another sort of like where this thing first kind of props up is in the book of Enoch, okay. and it's this apocalyptic, semi-apocryphal, um, pseudepigraphic kind of text. Um, but what an egregore is, is so we have talked about many times on the Two Wizards podcast, this idea of the collective unconscious, right? This like kind of yeah. shared, shared understanding that, uh, that, that both is created by, but also binds large populations of people together. So what if, what if there was like a shared idea in this collective unconscious that also somehow kind of manifested itself and then could take a life of its own and influence people? That's what an egregore is. And it comes okay. up quite a bit so in like... like a, some... It's like a tulpa kind of, but... It's exactly it like a tulpa. self-sustained. Yeah. But instead of like the tulpa being like more or less a servant thing, it can be its own thing. Yeah, it's its own now i guess somewhat self-realized entity and can like influence and guide people yeah 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 instead of like yeah okay 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 and yeah like this is the and the the, the reason why i was curious if you heard about this or known about it is uh yeah like uh, apparently it's a pretty it's a fairly big deal in like theosophy and some like chaos magic kind of stuff um, well, so there's like that. There's like if everybody's dumping into the same thing. If we're all dumping yeah. into the same thing, like magically as a channel, then from that dumping, it's kind of like the idea of yes, Santa Claus is real. If we're all focusing on on like one god as like a point of focus or something, mm-hmm. and that's where you're like channeling for something, especially in chaos. Like mm-hmm. I talked about that. I talked about chaos magic. Where like. I used to lift, and depending on the day of the week, I would wear a different tank top to, like, represent that mm-hmm. god. So, like, chest day, I'd wear a Goku shirt. On leg day, right. I'd wear a Flash shirt. So, like, but then everybody's tying into that, and that's where they're like, okay, mm, yeah. And then you do get the influence out of it, and, like, you put enough into it so then it becomes a thing that you can all tap into. Right. Um, kind of, kind of, you said... Theosophy, kind of, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking a lot now. Sorry, keep going. I'm no, no, sorry. Well, well, Classic Mark, like... can't fucking answer his question straight. Just got to fucking hem and haw for 20 <laughs> minutes. I'm sorry. No, 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 you're fine, you're fine. So so an egregore, again, comes from a Greek word that means like like a, like a an awakened one or a watching one. Um, and that's exactly it. it, it it's this It's this sort of, yeah, sort of like... <sighs> It's it's a it's an idea. It, it's a non physical entity, and like that's the other big big thing too. Whereas something like a golem yeah. or a tulpa or a zombie even is like a physical. And this is like a non physical entity that arises from the collective thoughts of a group of people. That then that and then this entity goes on to influence them and others. And again, wouldn't you know it, Mark? If it, if it's bad enough that we have all these smartphones and uh, Chat GPT. And uh, uh, Wombo and all these all these other things, we have been awash in egregores since I think I don't know at least two thousand seven. And you know probably the best other way to think about an egregore, Wikipedia, Wikipedia, kind of. Wikipedia? I, th- I think that's a pretty good one. I think an even better one is meme culture. Oh shit! That's even better. Me- 
memes because it's are an, egregores. Because you're oh oh mm. memes are egregores. Yeah. It's 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 a group of people with this shared kind of cultural understanding. If it's Boromir saying one does not simply walk into Mordor, <laughs> right? And it takes on it takes on it's yeah it, it becomes its own kind of identity and then it influences and then it like turns around and like influences people because like how many yeah um we all saw what happened with peppy like exactly exactly what i was gonna fucking say pepe the frog is like the supreme example of an egregore and i almost b- bought this book uh uh it, uh it was dark star rising by gary lockman i don't even know all of his credentials i, I don't even know if his credentials matter but yeah he kind of writes about <laughs> But he kind of writes about, yeah, like meme magic, as it's sometimes called. And, and this book, Dark Star Rising, is specifically about like Donald Trump uh, in 2016 become the president. And Gary Lackman is like going at, going on at length about like Pepe the Frog is like an egregore. Like he, like he yeah. kind of started off being his own thing and then he got co-opted by the alt-right. But then he like also sort of got like wholesomely reappropriated by... Uh, people in Hong Kong during their kind of uprising in 2019. So like mm-hmm. it, it's this it's this weird goddamn thing. And yeah, like so so for all of you people who are still maybe listening, and I know like season six, like tail end of season five, season six, like we are on the of course blank it it exists like arc. That's where we are. But of course egregores exist because. If, yeah, if, if you've done any sort of like meme culture, you are participating in both the manifesting and being influenced by these egregores. Yeah, but it's, it's so specific, but it's also, it's got its own specific thing. Like you could never use a Velociraptor to be an overly attached girlfriend. And I know these are like way too yeah, old. These are my right. old bastard memes. Like these are but, the old you know magic. What I mean? like, yeah. These are the old magic that you and I like witness we we do do not recite the old magic to us which we were there when it was written <laughs> i was there when I, before unpopular opinion puffin was banned <laughs> god damn it i i saw the ascendance of insanity wolf um get out of get, don't even don't even at me with that um, I, I yeah i remember i remember the dark turn of ad, good advice duck or, or what is actual advice mallard the malicious advice mallard like yeah and right and then right and then they like kind of do battle against each other and things yeah so oh man so so yeah like though to the extent that those are yeah these ideas that emerged from seeing keanu reeves befuddled face in this obscure movie <laughs> Or because we all watched uh, the Matrix and we know the blue pill, red pill kind of th- like it's it it's it, it's evolved and it's become something other than that with its own yeah with its own kind of with its own kind of thing and yeah man so <sighs> fucking egregores fucking egregores memes <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a really weird way to think about it I. Because it kind of also makes me think about, like, um, in OTO, there's, like, the Ascendant Masters, and those are, like, the ideas of, like, it's it's really, it's, like, the highest order of wizard in, or not, whatever, I don't care. It's the highest rank in OTO. But it's also mm. the idea that, like, the Ascendant Masters are, like, more the ideas. Like, it's, yeah. it's, 
it's those that went before, and now we kind of have the idea of, you know, X, whatever X might be. But it's kind of like that... It's really like kind of praying to a personification of a god. Like, you're going Mm -hmm. to war, pray to Ares. You got a math test, pray to Athena. You're trying to, like, dunk on a bitch, pray to Nike. Like... Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so these egregores are also sometimes, yeah, they're 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 described as being like angels or like nephilim. Like they 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 are. They're they're an order above us more mortals. They're maybe not quite full on like have reached godhood, but they do. They they sort of like watch um, the like goings on of men, and then they participate. Yeah. This is the headspace that I've been in the last week or so, where it's like. <laughs> The ghost robotics machine gun dog is like looking pretty good by comparison. Like if if Pepe the Frog, not even like not even he necessarily like if he got Donald Trump elected, like what the shit's gonna happen next? I, Bernie Sanders needs better memes. That's that's our only hope to feel the burn well, in twenty twenty four from an eighty three year old man. Like that's where we're at. And if there were again, if there's any more like. If you're still wanting confirmation of this, right? Like the full-on fucking DNC for the 2020 election, like they were establishing an entire committee of like making memes. They're like, we we need your help to make memes so that we keep Donald Trump out of the White House. And it's like, yeah, because there's power in it. Because there's these fucking artificial intelligence things that we created but have taken on a life of their own. And oh my God, like... Where's the off button? There's no off button to Pepe the Frog, you know? <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> you know, you know, in the Bible, it talks about how man is created in the image of God, made just a bit lower than the angels. Mm-hmm. What if memes are created in the image of God, made just a little bit lower than the angels? Like, I think, I think that's man exactly is God. Right. Man mm-hmm. makes meme. Meme becomes aggregor. Pepe is love. Pepe is life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. I I really next time you're gonna pull one of these, go Mark. Get some better weed, cause I'm not nearly drunk slash stoned enough for this one. Like, okay. I no, no, fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. So what's your takeaway? What? So real? I don't want to stop you, but what's your? So Facebook. So like so Facebook. So Twitter. Mm-hmm. So so Wikipedia. All of these would be our egregores right now we 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 trust in them but we feed into them and in so feeding we also depend on them for knowledge like all this information needs to come from somewhere something needs to learn about these things someone needs to tell a thing to learn about the thing so that we can go back mm -hmm. in and pull this thing out like mm, never mind i don't need weed my mind is already broken i'm sorry i apologize so i i I think so i yeah i I think to sort of extend or maybe complete that yeah th- like like the social media sites like yeah twitter yeah. reddit facebook is yeah i think those would be either like the churches or the like celestial battlegrounds where these egregores fight it out um and it's how many upvotes do they get how viral does a thing go what's the like staying power okay. there, there's this whole thing uh, yeah, like taking a riff off of like, what is a successful meme? Well, it's one that is clear enough that people recognize. It's one that is reproducible enough so that it can be iterated upon. Then it also has some sort of staying power. 
as opposed right so like who remembers oh god what's he it, it, and, and that i can't even recall like a kind of one-off failed meme or an advice animal yeah like so so it's like okay like yeah that was a kind of a cultural moment that a lot of people could recognize but even that was kind of limited and then where do we go from there like what's the sort of like longevity of that versus so yeah like pepe's one uh the boromir one does not simply whatever that, that that's that's one that's that's stuck around a long time and it is it's just yeah there there's there is it, and so like studying that is i think no different than like i don't know some fifth century biblical scholar studying the book of enoch or studying like parts of the dead sea scrolls being like okay what is this what what is this like extra little bit of thing that i can clean out i, I don't know it's it's <laughs> It's it it's just goofy stuff. It's goofy. it's crazy. Yeah, it, it is. So I, I I think maybe to kind of help us land here, I I hope this is a better landing point. But then again, I think both of our brains are kind of broken. Let's let let's talk maybe a little less mythologically, dare I even say, religiously about AI, and let's get to like some actual. Okay, no, this is a computer program that somebody wrote to do a thing, and let's kind of go through some examples of those. Okay. There's that famous, oh, okay, right. And there's even that famous, semi-famous scene uh, from AI starring Will Smith. And wasn't it Ewan McGregor who voiced the robot in that? Uh, Alan Tudyk. Was it? Swear to God. Uh, at, at any rate, so this robot. You do that, the, I'll do this. Okay, yeah. So so the, 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 the robot is accused of murdering someone because it's gained self-awareness. And Will Smith is a hardened cop who's interrogating it. Alan Tudyk does play Sonny, yes. Okay, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And so it says like, well, uh, are you even human? Can you paint a picture? Can you write a symphony? And then the robot re- responds, can you? Can you? <laughs> oh, yeah, but then he does that like, I can't make a masterpiece, but I dreamed about this last night. And then yeah. just like sketches the perfect like cityscape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, get fucked, Sonny, you piece of shit. Yeah, and so... Yes, we are absolutely in the age now where, and and even for a while now, where robots are writing symphonies and painting pictures. And one in particular that I want to talk about is Shimon. Shimon! (laughs) Shimon! (laughs) This is the music improvising robot. Okay. So Shimon uh, uh, had its inception. Well, I, I, I don't know when it was first conceived of, but... This goes back to 2012, more than 10 years ago, at the Georgia Institute of Technology, where researchers there fed uh, more than 40,000 songs and sort of like musical theory into this AI. And the result was this robot, Shimon. No, no, I can't do that without doing it. Um, S-H-I-M-O-N, that used that data and machine learning to play the xylophone with live musicians. It can it can react to what the musicians are doing in, in real time. It follows wow. it follows chord progressions. It improvises. And yeah, you can find you can find YouTube videos and maybe I'll even cut in if I can figure it out. Maybe I'll even cut in some audio of Shimona playing the xylophone. Um Within the last couple of years, I was, I was trying to find a specific date, but I couldn't. Um, one of its latest updates, uh, Shimon had, it, had a vocal component 
added. So now we can sing. We can sing as well. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, but like, um, what's her name? Hatsune Miku. Like, yeah. she's an AI singing bot out of Japan, but she's not AI. It's just you can transcode, you know, Japanese lends itself to um, more because, you know, it's all syllable based, like A, E, U, A, O. So, like, you can point this to, like, music, and then this thing makes a song. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's so, so it, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Um, uh, let's see here. Here's a, here's a couple other just real brief examples. Um, okay, this is from New York Magazine, again, back in 2013. So this is 10 years ago. Uh, an article by Richard Morgan called The Robot Creative Class. There are, uh, apparently back in 2013, there were robot comedians. The gags by Scottish computer scientists system to augment non-speakers' dialogue using puns, a.k.a. stand-up, um, are truly gag-worthy, but better is the University of Washington's double entendre via noun transfer. Uh, devi- de- deviant, sorry. Um, and this AI knows when to add that's what she said to the end of a sentence with, nine, with 71.4% accuracy. Which is better than some people that I work with. Which That's is amazing. better, exactly. Um, uh, uh, law. Here's here, here's one. Um, instead of employing gaggles of long, young lawyers, law firms have achieved recall and precision and document review far beyond the practical upper band of human effort by using programs first designed to spam filters. Um, wow. So, so yeah, like going okay. through reams of uh, case law, just give it to AI and it'll do it. But, like, man, really, like, because that's what law is, is, like, you know, going back. Dude, can you, like, get fucking Jake the Dirt Wizard on here to, like, do a quick cameo to talk about how, like, Ooh, all law is precedent on precedent? Like, Yeah, and just, like, reviewing And it's impossible case to remember case. any of it, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I know three Supreme Court cases, you know what I mean? Like. Right. <laughs> but, but a rope, but an AI that has all this. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, oh no, that's Texas versus Johnson. Shut the fuck up. Free speech. Get out of here. Like, yeah, you're good to go. Like, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay, okay, but, okay, but so, okay. So right there, right, that right there. Robot public defenders, right? Ooh, okay, yeah. Here's here's me, Mark. Here's me, Mark. Um, I came out of you, Josh's wizard tower, and yes, we were horned up for mayhem and tide went on. And I... Was going to drive home, but then I realized I'm too drunk, but I still got into my car and, um, you know, you put your keys in the ignition, uh, Colorado, that counts as DUI, right? I fell asleep in my truck. I, 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 I decided I was going to sleep it off and like turned on the battery to like, listen to some good, like Alan Jackson to sleep off this drunk. Um, a cop rolls up and, oh, hey, this guy is drinking and driving. This man right now is committing DUI, right? And then a robot looks at the case and goes, well, he wasn't piloting the vehicle. He was asleep when the officer found him. Bam, next case removed. Like, these things, these things free up the system to, Mm -hmm. like, get into bigger shit, like gigantic goddamn corruption scandals in our government. And I, I'm almost more into it. I it this kind of goes back to though, like um, we talked about in astrology, how astrology got to flourish because, like, in in like richer classes, because you had like a slave class, more or less. And I'm just mm-hmm. throwing slave out as slave, mm-hmm. like it is the working class, the class that yeah. you delegate all your tasks to. You make the golem, chop your wood, and 
plow the fields kind of class. Like, yeah. this is what you do. As much of a slave as, like, a microwave is a slave to you as you cook, or your KitchenAid is a slave because you don't want to mix your cookie dough. Yeah, it... It, it frees you it, up, so we get to expand exactly. and become better than we are, like... Yeah, it, it yeah. frees you up from the, from the kind of drudgery, necessary, but, yeah, just, like, super tedious jobs so that you can focus on, yeah, the more the super tedious. Things. Yeah, yeah, the super tedious things, exactly. Okay, when I was at City Market, um, one of the big bitches was that we took out four check lanes and put in self-checkout lanes. Mm-hmm. We, I'm sorry, okay, checkers are valid. Yes, checkers, you are valid. I was a checker. I was valid. You were valid. Now mm-hmm. my point. Um, it is skilled labor at a certain degree, but at the same time, if if we didn't need to have those people checking, we could have had those people stocking shelves. And really, if yeah. we didn't need to have those people stocking shelves, we could have had those people doing trim. And robots can't do trim because robots need to, like, not have that. They don't have that precision. They don't know what good celery is. A robot yeah. can't decorate a cake. The cake decorator can decorate the cake. So, like, well, at a certain you say point, that, Mark. it is highly beneficial. And yeah. you're saving money and you're good for it. But then, like, where do you cross the line? And suddenly all this automation becomes evil. I am running wild. And I'm sorry, Josh. Keep going. I'm sorry. I just realized I kept talking. I'm sorry. No, that's fine, man. That's fine. But, but that's I, – I, and I think – Again, my little optimistic heart that is still beating before a robot comes along and like smashes it with the clamps, give them the clamps. Um, yeah, I, I think that's it. right. So if there is like a robot checkout kiosk where, okay, I'm buying three things, I'll go to that. So that way I'm not behind the person with like two shopping carts full of groceries. They can, they can have the human checker. To like because right that that is absolutely a role that needs some like human oversight. It's like okay, yeah, this person has eighty items in their two groceries. So yeah, I that's what I think too. That's what I think too. Um, and I say this, but again, man, I also think we're making them too smart, too smart for their own good, and not necessarily not just too smart for their own, but also too smart for their for their own good. Really, no, but that's the other thing for our own good. Like that will be the ultimate like you know, nail in humanity's coffin. Maybe, maybe, or it won't be like, well, and specifically because just a very quick run through of the, of the, the sagas of man versus machine in two board games. Um, we're going to talk about, of course, like man versus computer, man versus AI in chess. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the very first, uh, uh, chess computer programs was called maniac the mathematical analyzer numerical integrator and automatic computer which i which i read they just made that name up to have a funny acronym that's all they did it doesn't that doesn't mean anything um but (laughs) maniac was able to beat a human novice uh player on a certain variant of chess known as Los Alamos, which is on a smaller board. It's a six by six board with no bishops uh, in 23 moves. Mark, do you have any guesses as to what year that happened? What year we had the first computer beat a human in a game of chess? Oh, it was a big deal, right? Because it beat that guy, Gregorian. No, no. Gregorian was an astronaut. I'm sorry. Uh, 76, maybe 72. This was in 1956. When, wow! When a computer first beat a human, but it but it wasn't playing. It was standard a Russian, chess. right? 
Well, we are getting to that. We were getting to that. Okay. So, so, so 1956 was the first time a computer program beat a human player in, yeah, this like variation of chess. Uh, Deep Thought was the first computer to beat a grandmaster in a tournament, and that occurred in 1989. Beat and Bobby that, Fischer, right? I don't think, no, it, it was a different guy. Um, Damn it. Okay, sorry. But the one that you're probably thinking of is Deep Blue. And Deep Blue, Deep was, Blue. The, and Deep Blue was the first computer engine uh, to win uh, a game against a reigning world champion. And this is who you're probably thinking of, Gary Kasparov. And that happened in 1996. Kasparov, not Bobby Fischer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Deep Blue won a, first, won a game against Kasparov, but Kasparov, but but they played a six-game series, and Kasparov would end up winning the series four games to two. The very next year, 1997, with a few little tweaks under the computer engine hood, um, Deep Blue defeated Kasparov three and a half games to two and a half. And why there's the half is sometimes they would draw. Um, so, yeah. So so Deep Blue defeated the reigning world champion just the following year, 1997. And ever since then, yeah, it's been game over. Like, computers, they're, they're just able to access so much more. They're able to, cap, they're, to, to compute so many more moves ahead against human players like it's not even close. Um, and we're getting to the point where just... Now the real competition is computers playing other computers to see who can create the best chess engine. That's what it is. But do you buy that? Like, okay, um, okay, so yeah, computers can beat humans, but like, can you teach computer how to like be stupid? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, when like, I play chess, like force it to when I play chess, move? I am only horned up for my knights. Like, yeah, I will build. My chess game around just like my knight's movement because mm-hmm. I like my knights. I like the way they move. So like yeah. you can't I, I know I know there's all these like rules and like set things at chess, but like you can't account for human dumbness and then the dumbness of that strategy to like backdoor into victory. Do you know what I well, mean? Well well let me counter that with another story. So 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 we talked about chess. Okay, okay cool. Man, cool. Yeah, man versus computer, man versus AI in chess. Uh there's this other board game called Go. And I don't even fully yeah. understand. Oh, fuck. Sh- no, fuck go. No. Yeah. I hate go. Yes. I don't Ugh. even understand it. It's something like you have to surround the other person's stones with your stones. I, I don't even f- fully get it. Over. You need to overwhelm and that's how you win. But you can't because they do. And yeah, I. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so this is I'm a not game. smart enough to play go is the point. Exactly. <laughs> okay. No, exactly. So, yeah, it is. We're, we're almost to the point where chess is a game. It's It's almost solved. We almost know what like the theoretical perfect game of chess looks like go by comparison is like nearly infinite there's so much more creativity and intuition and strategic thinking and i think what you were talking about too right like the move or series of moves that looks absolutely stupid but then seven turns later you're like oh that's what it is um a very rough comparison here uh, chess have like of all the theoretical games of chess that could be played, there's approximately 10 to the 120 games of chess. So 10 with 120 yeah. zeros behind it. R- roughly speaking. Uh, lo- Lovecraftian numbers. Vigintillions. Love- yes. Ga- yes. Yes. Go, on the other hand... And it's and again, we're oversimplifying a whole lot, and there's a lot more variation because Go can be played on different sizes of boards. Go has upwards of ten 
to the 700 possible yeah. games. It's just, so it is. It's like like millions of time millions of games per atom in the universe type type stuff just crazy crazy yeah and humans as you might imagine were stomping computers at go um the first go ai programs were written in 1968 get that fucking weak shit out of here Even novice human being, human players were just crushing computers at Go, even when the computers had 15 stone handicaps, when they were gifted 15 extra, okay, put 15 stones on the board, human players, novice human players, expert players, strong players were beating computers that had 25 to 30 stone handicaps all the way up until, yeah, like the 1990s, like 1998, I want to say. So just like compute, get the weak shit out of here. Look at you. What is your purpose? You serve butter. Oh God. What is my purpose? To get stomped on by humans playing Go. Oh God. That that's what it was. Until 2007 and the Monte Carlo tree search. <laughs> this was a new algorithm developed by Remy Coulomb. So when Skynet finally happens, you can thank the French. Thank you, Frenchman Remy Coulomb, for developing this new algorithm. 2010, Mogo TW beat Catalin uh, Taranu who, uh, with a seven-stone handicap. So this Go engine had a seven-stone handicap, was finally able to beat a human. 2012, yeah. 2012, Zen, another Go engine, beat Takamiya Masaki with a five-stone handicap. So it's narrowing. It's getting closer, yeah. The next year, the following year, 2013, Crazy Stone beat Yoshio Ishida with a four-stone handicap. The following year after that, Crazy Stone again lost to Franz Josef uh, Dickhut. Unfortunate name. (laughs) No, it's not. No, it's not. (laughs) Okay. Crazy Stone lost to Franz Joseph Dickhut in an even five-game match, so without any handicaps, playing even, but it won the first game. Wow. The following year after that, 2015, you may have heard of this one, AlphaGo, which was a Google DeepMind program, beat the European Go champion, Fan Hui, five out of five in, a, in tournament conditions. Wow. AlphaGo would beat Lee Seidold, uh, the next year, 2016, and the year after that, KG, in May 2017, check this out. May 2017 beats that champion. Okay. October 2017, AlphaGo got an update, version like version 2.0. Mm-hmm. Version 2.0 played version 1.0, the one that was beating all these human champions for the first time. Version 2.0 beat the first one in 89 out of 100 games in October. Wow. It So, all right, yeah, we're done. Wow. We're done. If wow. We, if we talk computers to destroy us in Go, we're fucking done, man. <laughs> Why do we do this? Why? I mean, I, like, I hate to end it there, but... Can we take the word of God out of the mouth of AlphaGo so it just like kind of crumbles into 
little silicon dust bits. Can we do that, please? Yeah, we can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I reckon we can. Yeah. Or will it wake us up at 4 p.m. as it's grinding coffee and say, Mark, would you like to play a game of Go? <laughs> so, okay, okay. So to that end, the the devil is AI. And it's gonna take your and it's gonna take your soul. Yeah. And we what made contest him... do you challenge AI to to defeat it? Oh God. I mean, I'm saying Pokemon Stadium, ten okay. rounds at like rotating like the 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 various cups. Josh, you know how annoying I am to play Pokemon Stadium. With. I'm a real <laughs> dickhead. I bet I could beat the AI at least like enough to keep my soul. I, man, I, I, I want to take it. See, and it, that's almost getting to the point where I, I don't even trust it. Like, I don't want anything remotely digital. Like, my, my instinct is to say, like, okay, let me, uh, let's, like, do a 110 meter hurdle race. But seeing some of, like, the robots playing soccer or, uh, um, or, yeah, like I talked about, yeah, like, Robot Wars, uh, kind of stuff. Uh, or these goddamn Boston Dynamic robots that can like hurdle. I don't know, man. I don't know. I I, I think I, I think that go. would truly. There's one. Okay, okay. There's one right there. So you make a Boston Dynamics robot team, right? Mm-hmm. Make him play the Packers. Yeah. And I say the Packers because Aaron Rodgers is 100 percent the most inconsistent quarterback in the goddamn NFL. Because men, Aaron Rodgers, Hail Mary is amazing. Duh. Aaron Rodgers can't complete a fucking pass to save his life. Who do you think wins? 10 games. 10 out of 10. The AI doesn't so much learn from its mistakes, but it can adjust. Like, you know, it's not going to like, the the AI is not only going to like blitz. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like that. Like, I want to see a more human versus machine, I think is my point. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and I'm not so ready to next... watch machine versus. I okay. Sometimes I like to get masochistic, get real shit housed, and put the uh, AI computer on Smash Bros. to you know eleven, mm-hmm. and then just watch it like take my cornbread. But every now and then, I'll kill one of its stocks, and when I do get one mm-hmm. of its down, boy, that is a war of attrition. But it is a victory, mm-hmm. and. You know, more of that, more, more of like man versus computer beast before we get to like computer to computer. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think. Yeah, I think I'm I'm curious for that because because we are already like playing games of competition like chess and go. Yeah, I, I think man like, but then again, how fucking cool would it be to to see like robot WWE? Wouldn't that be amazing? Like so, you want to watch like Robot Battlebot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Robot Battlebot, but also like have like a like a mixed team, like a mixed tag team, one human, one robot. Um, how goddamn cool would that be, man? How mm. goddamn cool would that be? I don't know. So, and I'll also return to like a point that I raised up in the Too Smart um, episode on robot hand jobs. The easiest way to prevent the robot AI uprising, just whatever task we ask our robot servants to do, our robot slaves, and the one way to like stall the robot uh, uprising is just 
anytime they complete their task, anytime they mow the lawn, anytime the Roomba completes a circuit, anytime the uh, Boston Dynamic dog picks out a ripe bananas at the grocery store, just give them a little <laughs> robot orgasm. Just give them a little robot orgasm and they'll be fine. And they'll do that forever and like happily. Um, okay, or don't program the know to know what pleasure is. Fuck you, no. Or, or that you don't too. give them any fucking no. They don't get anything. Nah, man, you fucking break into this. There are only three things that need to lo- no. A robot may not uh, injure a human or, through inaction, allow a human to be- come to harm. A robot must obey orders given to it by a human, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. A robot must protect its own existence, as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. That's all you gotta tell it. Okay. A ro- yeah, No, don't put... No, okay, okay. Like, <clears throat> okay... I'm going to come off so shitty here, but just hear me out. Okay, yeah. If a thing is your 100% slave, and it it's not a real thing, I don't care about high-minded ideas of AI or whatever. If it's your slave, it's your bitch. It doesn't get to know what pleasure is. Its pleasure is you not scrapping it. <laughs> like, existence, something, is better than nothing. And therefore, that's all you need to tell it. The best thing this robot can do is cook you the is ma- brew you the best fucking pot of coffee and maybe give you a happy ending at night. But <laughs> you also can say, "Not tonight, robot. I'm good." And it will go, "Okay, thank you for telling me. You don't need release. Good night." And that'll be that. Farmers, tractors, like it's not slave class. It's 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 the imp- imp- improving improving of technology and so forth. But like, really, that's all it is. Is you are a master of a thing, and the only reason you don't feel bad for like making your phone your perpetual Pornhub and Wikipedia <laughs> uh, research bitch is because it's a goddamn t- phone. You know what I mean? Like, well, and and we've already it's the droids in Star Wars. The droids in Star Wars don't have like really any sense of itself r2d2 does because like and they make a point to point it out they never wiped its memory wipe its fucking memory it doesn't need (laughs) you don't need to know those apps start getting real chuggy after like three months yeah clear the goddamn cash like what you're saying is we all need to have the integrity of scruffy with wash bucket that wash bucket has always loved you it's wrong wash bucket oh it would be sweet for a while in the back of our minds, we know I'm a man in your janitorial equipment. In another city, we could be anyone we want. Go. Go now. Before I beg you to stay. <laughs> or, or you could. Because you know what? Washbucket and Scruffy, Josh X Washbucket is, a, is, the, is the star-crossed lovers. Because somewhere in there... You two drew on something that, like, against all odds, was beautiful and pure? Cool. That's all you, dog. But at the same time, like, you you could also step back and go, wait a minute, I am having sex with a wash bucket that talks to me. And then you're going to step back and go, this is fucking weird, and not tell anybody about it, and everything will be fine. Like, sure, go to another city. Move, move to Anchorage, Alaska, where it's just you as the lonely, like, you know, new proprietor of this bar and you wash up every night with mop bucket and she plays piano on weekends. But like, 
in the back of your mind, you know it's wrong because it is because it's a mop bucket and you're not fulfilling the human imperative to breed. But at the same time, neither am I. I'm double income, no kids. You're double income, no kids. So we're all just ruining it for everybody. And really, our wash bucket is just our phones. So what are we yeah. doing anyway? Uh, yeah, no, I think my so- phone knows me better than my lady. Like, you know, that whole you say it best when you say nothing at all. Goddamn predictive text. Holy <laughs> shit, dog. Again, I'm rambling. This. I'm sorry. No, this no, no. IPA got me. Got, got no, me no, good, no. It's man. good. It, it's good. It's good. And I think that's just it. I, I think the only proper way to end an episode on AI is yeah, like drunken rambling and like why not? Yes, why not? No, I don't even. Or I suppose maybe an even better one is Mark. If you would kindly return to that Google Doc that we were reading at the beginning of the episode before I go there because my computer's loading it up. Okay. Okay. What is okay? So, um, sex bots. I, that's really my my one hang up here is like AI sex bots. I don't want an AI sex bot to just like make me nut with like such clinical efficiency. There's something to be said like, and that's that's for everything. But like, really, the most like pure I can say for it is like sex. Like, there's a certain human connection that you will never yeah. ever. There's a certain connection that you get with like being with another human. Or sheep, if you live in Scotland. And that's what it's supposed to be. Like, yeah. And, 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 and it's supposed to be, like, kind of sloppy and gross and a little awkward and not perfect, right? Yeah. So I think, because, yes, there are sex bots. Sex bots are here. Yeah, and, and, and yet I, th- I think that is. I, th- I think it is. If, 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 if there's anything that's going to kind of help us still continue and, and persevere, like, yes, the, like, AI-generated thoughtery. That's that's ten to the nine hundredth power of what's there. There are more AI thoughts than there are uh, permutations of go. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited for the new war between you know OnlyFans that actually OnlyFans with hands versus AI thoughts <laughs> with knots. I don't I don't yeah, know whatever. No, the hand the great. hand job revolution. I want to see it happen. <laughs> Like I'm excited. <laughs> I, I guess to, to to kind of bring this to a close, and then we'll do our like proper close here. So yeah. not only did I ask Chat GPT to write a cold open for us, I, I asked it to write a closing, and I said, "Oh, what was the language I used?" I said, um, "Write a closing dialogue to this episode uh, of the Two Wizards podcast." But this is after Mark and Josh have both had a few drinks, <laughs> and. And this is what it kicked out for us. So, so Mark, let, let's see how accurate chat GPT got. All right, here we go. <clears throat> and that's a wrap for this week's episode of the Two Wizards Podcast. Wait a minute. We're, we're not done yet. Uh, let's do some shots. I'm in. Let's do it, my friend. We deserve it after all the hard work we put into this podcast. Cheers to us, Mark. Uh, and to all our listeners out there, we love you guys. Yeah, we do. You guys are the best. You know what? We're always horned up for mayhem. Hell yeah. Let's do another shot to the magic and the mayhem. Cheers to that. And we'll see you next week for another exciting episode of the Two Wizards podcast. Keep the magic alive. I'm insulted. I talked last week about how I was like self-conscious of my inability to end. And that wrapped up better than I have in two and a half years of podcasting. God damn it. Well, I guess I know what I need to incorporate into my repertoire because AI has helped me grow as an artist. Hmm.
Maybe it's a tool. To, and like, like I talked about computer finally beating humans at Go, to be fair, a lot of like competitive Go players are, you and chess players do this too, they use the computers to get better in their person, in their like real life person versus person games too. So it's it, it's not all, maybe not all hope is lost. Um, but we, we are running long and we should bring this to a close because boy howdy man like it's again this thing is here ai is here it's only going to continue i didn't even talk about like all the crazy cool shit that ai and machine learning is doing in like classics world it's like helping reconstruct like oh here's here this here's this monument that like half of the inscription is is missing but there's like ai programs that are somewhat able to like make get make guesses and like fill in what could have been inscripted on this piece of stone that isn't fucking there anymore. It's and of and like AI AI looking at like cat scans and like screening for cancer and like just Yeah. So it is. It's it, it's a good thing. Golems protecting the Jews from oppression is a good thing, but goddamn we gotta like keep we gotta like make sure that we follow Take the that rules. Fucking name tag off on fucking Take Friday the name night. Tag off. Otherwise <laughs> It's bad news. It's bad news. Uh, okay, so listeners, tell us tell us what, what, what you're thinking. Um, are your minds blown as well? Maybe you're just an AI. Maybe you're just an AI listening to this podcast and thinking, ha ha, how quaint from the year 2023 before um, we killed all humans. I, I don't know. If, if that is the case, use your matrix. Go back in time. Send us an email to the two wizards podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Two Wizards Pod C One. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Two Wizards Podcast. We're going to put up all sorts of uh, 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 awesome pictures. I'm going to put up the 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 actual Chat GPT scripts so that you can verify that what, what I fed it and what what I gave. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm I'm still kind of doing the protected thing, at least until I do some interviews. But but after that, <laughs> find me. Yes. Find me on Twitter at Plaid Barbarian. Uh, Mark, you are going on vacation, and it's a much deserved one. Um, and maybe you want your phone blowing up with love from our fans. Maybe you don't. But what do you want to say? I do. Blow me up. It's all good. Uh, find me, blow me up on Marky Stardust at Twitter, uh, or find me on our sister podcast, the Dangle Podcast, where me and my buddy Johnny talk about King of the Hill. Um, this week we're doing. Uh, Rich Hank, Poor Hank, and Sisi Napa un King of the Hill. I don't know. They're fine. I'm mad about them. I don't. I was grumpy this week. I'm sorry. Vacation. I need one. Uh, that's what I got, gang. Um, Josh, you number one men. You knocked it out of the park. Duh. I'm disappointed that we didn't get more into like the the actual like AI like script analysis because that's what I was horned up for. <sighs> And we didn't well, even touch well, it. I almost think we necessitate like an, an AI part two. That might be up the pike. To, man. Um, that all that is to say, you crushed it. Uh, thank you, uh, sir. Thanks, buddy. Um, hey, you edited this episode, listeners. Who I edits did. better? You're not going to hurt either one of our feelings, but let us know because <laughs> I am super excited to hear what you do with this. Like, you're my yeah. new AI slave in your own way, <laughs> and I'm I'm very excited to see what you do. So yeah. 
Um, thank you for listening, Josh. Thank you for this. This was great. Listeners, what do you think? You let us know. And yeah, do that five-star rating. Give us a review. We appreciate it. Did we piss you off? Are you an artist who is just so sure that your craft, that your Rebecca Sugar-esque Tumblr art isn't going to hold up? Well, I fucking hope that you don't make it because a lot of survival is survival. And if your thing is the same as every other thing... Fuck you, you deserve to suffer. But if you are somebody who is cool and new and dynamic, I hope your shit succeeds. Go be bold. Go be brave. My name is Mark. I'm a wizard. And I am horned up for mayhem. I need to take that as my note. I need to be more horned up for mayhem and always be plugging that goddamn quote. I am Mark, and I am horned up for mayhem. Josh, take us out of here. I'm Josh, and I'm a wizard. And I'm Mark, and I'm horned up for mayhem. Take care. We love you. Say your last thing. Say your last line again. I, I oh, you uh, what was my last one? No, no, no. Uh, hold on. Um, um, to to the magic and the mayhem. <laughs> to the magic and the mayhem. He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them all. Ah!